listening to this, then I must warn you. Tread carefully, for the information within these forgotten manuscripts may have been hidden intentionally. These are Radio Fear's Lost Pages. Welcome to Radio Fears The Lost Pages. I'm Brandon, and with me is the return of the legend, the one and only, our lord and savior, Tony Lampanelli. Why do you have to dox me that hard? <laughs> Tony Rigatoni. Yes, it's me. Tony Rick and Morty. Morty. Morty gotta throw money. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta pay money to listen to a Patreon episode, Morty. Please. <laughs> but the people who listen to this did pay us five dollars. Okay, cool. And that gets them about four hours of our time edited down to about forty-five minutes. Please tell me we're not recording until one in the morning. That's the plan. So today, <laughs> I'm kidding. Today, I'm gonna call my mom. Tell her I'll be late to dinner tomorrow. Um, and today we're talking about Mad God because me and Tony watched it, and now I'm furious. Are you? No. Oh, okay. Having a pretty good time. It was a crazy fucking trip, and so we're gonna talk about it here today. But before we do that, let's take a moment to catch up with Tony because he hasn't been on the show for a hot minute. So Tony, what have you been up to horror wise since? Oh god, what? Creep show? History of horror? Oh no, uh Have I even our, been on the show before? A cr- our Christmas special, you showed up at the end. So what have you been up to horror wise since Christmas? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> has it been that long? It has. It's almost Halloween. <laughs> oh god, where to start? Probably December twenty-sixth. Oh. <laughs> That would be a good spot, wouldn't it? I know it's been almost exclusively games. Any movies? Not really, no. <laughs> I mean, I've been up to uh, Dead by Daylight. Uh, a lot. Phasmophobia. Yeah. Not so much, actually. Oh. Uh, a little. We played some Evil Dead together. Yeah, we did. And that was a hoot. Yeah. Got a lot of pink fuck. Got a lot of pink fuck. I went through and beat Resident Evil 7. I started Resident Evil 3, the remake, finally, after owning it since it came out. (laughs) And that was at my request. The Mortuary Assistant dropped, and I played that game to death as well. Oh, you also played uh, Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah, and I got the really hard achievement on accident. (laughs) So it's been mostly games for you? No horror movies at all? Tony, how could you? I could show you, but it would be awfully boring. <laughs> it starts with me just not turning on the TV. We're talking Mad God today. Disgruntled deities, let's go. Angry Sky Fathers. Sky Daddy. <laughs> Angry Sky Daddy. But without further ado, let's get into Mad God. of Phil Tippett 30 years in the making. The same legendary Phil Tippett that worked on special effects in Star Wars, RoboCop films, and Jurassic Park. Mad God started during his work on RoboCop 2, and he would do it as a side project for years to come until Jurassic Park. The revolutionary CGI work he figured was going to put him out of business, so... Even though he had done a lot of work on Mad God at that point, he scrapped it and didn't go back to it for about five or six years until he was 
pretty much begged by his colleagues and fans to continue the work of Mad God, and he started up a Kickstarter, which got enough money for him to fund his side project even further. And then after several years, and after several previews of the film, that basically was a third of the film, was previewed years before it was released, we got Mad God on Shudder, and it is currently sitting at the top of Shudder's premiere exclusives which is pretty impressive to me oh yeah and so what's it, what took so long it's a it's a stop motion animated film start to finish with some live action in there it thought to just hurry up the process a little bit because it's the the live action bits are few and far between and watching this movie you could tell exactly how it took 30 years to do in fact at one point during its production and its creation, Phil Tippett, he would let students of his work on Mad God for uh, more experience in, in the creation and animation and special effects and whatnot. The students worked on Mad God on Saturdays, and the scene where there's the mountain of dead soldiers was done by melting thousands of little army men together on wire. It took six of the students three years to complete that one scene. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> a chunk of time. Yeah, there, there's a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and sacrifice that went into this film. And you can tell. You can tell watching it that this was a, uh, what did you call it, Tony? Labor of love. Labor of love, that's what it was. And Some L and L. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lesbian of love. For the love of lesbians. For the love of lesbians. Oh, God for damn it. the love of lesbians. <laughs> but yeah, watching this, you could see it took 30 years to make. There was a few scenes in there specifically when we saw them, like that overshot when he's driving the motorcycle, and there's like the muddy area with the reflective light coming off of the puddles and the wet sand. I saw that scene and the detail in the in that scenery that they created for there and I'm like yeah this took 30 years <laughs> yeah this took more than a weekend mad god Tony could you in your own words give me a brief synopsis of this film well it's kind of hard to do it completely in my own words because up until reading the synopsis on Shudder I would have just called him the dude I'm the dude so that's what you call me you know uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. But they continually refer to him as the assassin that doesn't assassinate things, apparently. <laughs> He's sent to assassinate stuff. He's just not very like good at what? his job. Yeah. There's so many things. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Uh, I think he sent to assassinate that nurse thing? I don't know. Dude, who knows? Maybe maybe the nurse? Maybe the uh, axolotl things that are hanging out in the jar. Anyway, fucking a dude is sent on a mission with a briefcase to an abstract world that kind of resembles hell, for lack of better words. <laughs> or a whole-ass nightmare. I, I would say pick. both of those things work together pretty well. A whole-ass nightmare in hell on the beach. The 30-year beach nightmare abstract horror... <laughs> Hell. So he's taking this briefcase uh, that has a bomb inside of it to detonate it in hell. He's trying to kill hell. He's basically Doom Guy with a lot less weapons. So this is a new movie, and I kind of want to do like a, a non-spoiler and a spoiler section. That's normally what I would do with a new movie, but a movie like this is kind of fucking hard to spoil because it makes so little like clear sense. The only sense that I gleaned from the whole thing was um, everything is topsy-turvy and the assassin really does not want to hear the radio for whatever reason. True. <laughs> that's, that's about the only two solid thoughts I had about that movie. That radio has to turn the fuck off or he will go nuts. Yeah, and apparently he's really good at hot-wiring cars that probably didn't need a whole lot of hot-wiring. <laughs> uh, yeah, those Humvees. They don't need keys to begin with. Going back to your point, I was going to say, let's put a pin in it and talk about it later, but let, fuck it, let's go ahead. Uh, what good is a bomb going to do in a land where constant nukes are going off? Yeah, 
there was one scene with like what four going off simultaneously yeah just like four distant mushroom clouds and the fifth one forming over the horizon yeah it's like yeah man uh we live in explosion yeah explosion's gonna do a lot of good promise it'll really bring the garden together but then in the end it did (laughs) did it yeah it set off at the end if we're talking like Doctor Strange. Yeah. I mean, if that's the whole point, then he's done it many times because there were several briefcases in that room. But they all froze right before exploding for some reason that we didn't really fully get an answer to, or at least there was an answer, but we weren't clever enough to get it. Because I know it starts playing with time at the end of the movie. And it started playing with time a little bit, or at least the perception of time in the hospital gotta love that jaw harp going ham oh god (laughs) bring 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 it probably wasn't a jaw harp but I'd like to think it was it sounds a lot like one okay so Tony (laughs) yes my child what what is your your opinion of this film what what do you say overall how do you how do you feel about it uh perplexed perplexed Perplexed. If I was going to use one word, perplexed would be a good word. Would you say you enjoyed it? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it was fun to watch. Right. However. There's stuff in there that intentionally makes you uncomfortable or uneasy. I wasn't, I wasn't horribly uncomfortable or uneasy. I was unsettled, sure. One of those unwords, Tony, I'm sorry. (laughs) Unraveled. (laughs) <laughs> unraveled completely distraught <laughs> I, I can't anymore as soon as they they funneled the shit into that creature's mouth that was, was pretty, out that was pretty gross though that's nasty as fuck it was fucking nasty visually i fucking love this movie i'm not gonna lie oh yeah no it was fucking beautiful but that is the basis of which you are supposed to like this movie because everything else is kind of like what <laughs> uh, pardon me but huh <laughs> Can you run by me again? Yeah, and because of that, it's kind of hard to talk about on a podcast. It's all sound, you know, it's all audio. I mean, we, we can go back to the whole idea that the entire movie is topsy-turvy on purpose. Yeah. I mean, topsy-turvy and I'm going to use the word mature. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, would you not call it mature? I, I'm just... you, you need to be mature enough to witness dicks and not be like he or is yeah or that's also more than likely the response I, that's supposed to be elicited from that i feel like a lot of times when dicks were shown it was kind of a ew moment because of the dicks and what they're attached to <laughs> yeah or like the disgustingness of them or the fact that they get erect when the creature's being electrocuted zapified yeah some some Tesla coil looking ass. That's his kink. I'm not shaming. I'm not shaming this monster for you know enjoying that. I'm not gonna kink shame or whatever the fuck he's supposed to be. Some cave troll. Yeah, I think cave troll. I think that's a pretty good descriptor. Something about him seemed very Greek to me. Yes, yeah. that's, that's, that's something I wanted to get on. This hits a lot of Dante's Inferno vibes. This hits a lot of different vibes for me, and I was talking about it while we were watching the movie. Big one is Dante's Inferno, especially in like three-fourths of the way through the movie. It starts hitting some really big Dante's Inferno vibes. But also the fact that the assassin, our protagonist, is going through different layers of this hellish landscape. Question, though. Since I keep using Topsy Turvy as a good descriptor for the movie... Uh-huh. Is it safe to assume that the assassin is the protagonist? I would say yes. Think so? What if he's the antagonist? Well, I don't know, because... It, see, this, this movie's fucking weird, right? We can we can get into that. Why do you think it's called Mad God? And I think from, from reading after seeing the movie, I think the Mad God was supposed to be... It's that guy with the long fingernails. Because he lives, like, way up above all of this bullshit, and he's sending people down. Like angels. Or assassins. So... Maybe that is the Mad God. So the Mad God's not the villain. Because the whole time we were... It was kind of like an ongoing joke while we were watching the movie. Something horrific would show up. And every time we were like, is that the Mad God? (laughs) 
like when Nito showed up. Yeah, or the fame. the uh, the the face making the baby noises on the the monitors. Oh my god, I loved that. I was like, Tony, do you think that's the Mad God? <laughs> I, I think it might be. <laughs> Not like the our immediate nod with the baby slug monster oh, just god. crying during around the same scene. They're like, what is with horror? And taking this direction ever since Resident Evil 8. Why? I specifically blamed it on you. I was like, every time we get together, Tony, there's some horror there's baby. Always a baby slug. <laughs> <laughs> the mad god, I think, is that guy sending the assassins down. So is are they the protagonist? It's not clear. <laughs> I think it's pretty safe to assume that Nito, if we were to put Mad God into like a persona. Nito would probably fit the bill the most. I need you to explain what you mean by Nito for those listening. How am I supposed to explain him? Well, first of all, I I assumed it was a her. You could see more detail than I could because you were streaming. Okay. Uh, to be fair. It was, I th- I think it was like a, a, a some kind of nurse that would take these, these babies and... Spinal babies. The, the spinal, fuzzy spinal babies. Uh, they had like long fingers and they were draped in all black with like flowing cloth in the wind and like beads and shit in the cloth as well. And they had a um, a plague doctor mask on. Yeah, and that was super cool. Yeah. Just because that aesthetic is just cool. Fuck it. Yes. No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so the plague Nito. Plague Nito. <laughs> yeah. You would call the, the plague doctor character... A mad god. I mean, if we were to dub anyone the mad god, I think that would be most applicable because they're taking and basically emulsifying and then eating or swallowing the spinal babies, otherwise known as the assassins. Well, no, it didn't eat the spinal baby. What did it do? I remember seeing it eat it. No, no, it uh, it gave it to the the leper alchemist dude that lived in that I think watchtower, and he smushed it in that machine and melted it down, the glitter that came from the... Mu- no. Mushed it down, melted it down into the machine, smelled it. It was like fucking molten metal after that. Smelted it into a brick of metal and then gave that brick of metal to the nurse. The nurse crushed it up. No, he crushed it up with bone. With a bone. The metal. And we're saying, wow, the physics in this really don't fucking make sense he had like a stone bowl and a bone and he put the metal block in there and crushed it down into glitter and then gave the bowl of glitter to the nurse the nurse threw it into the furnace and it like restarted the universe so that's why i thought you were like saying that they were a mad god because they like could do that and restart a fucking universe or something wait is is that not how you eat (laughs) i need to leave I, I thought we were when when you said we're getting Chipotle later. I thought that that's what we were talking about. <laughs> no, I, I just uh, relived a fabricated memory. It's all good. Yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> Which they lived a fabricated reality too. Apparently. Apparently, Groundhog Day and that shit. So they restarted the universe as a whole, and that was crazy. That's also at the end of the movie. We have so much else to talk about, <laughs> like the Zappies. There was the Zappies, there was the fucking um, invisible man with no legs that caught that creature in a trap, and then the thing with the with the boobs and the big teeth came out, chopped him up with the, the dull butcher knife that you were talking about. You hated how dull it sounded? Oh, yeah, right. It was, like, insanely sharp for how dull it sounded. Yeah. Because <laughs> it sounded like impact sounds for what should have been slices. Yeah. Uh, also, in that scene, uh, there's, like, a robot graveyard. I saw the fucking robot from the end of RoboCop in there, which is a reference to Phil Tippett's previous work, animating that robot. And I for sure saw the... Ro- I, I, I think it's from Lost in Space. I saw that robot. I did not notice those. The feel of this movie is a, kind of a fucking downer <laughs> through, like, 99% of it. Shit's just bad in this world. Uh- yeah, but I mean, it is dystopian as all fuck out. <laughs> yeah, like it's just dystopian's the feel. That's the whole thing. Yeah, there's nukes going off constantly. Like, 
but on, on a scale of like how dystopian it is, this has got to be like the highest tier, right? Like this is as bad as it fucking gets. I, I think it's just a level that's just been set, right? Like they just set the bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause I've, I've seen dystopian worlds in fiction, whether it be like comics, cartoons, video games, movies, all of that. I don't think I've seen a dystopian world that is so dystopian that it made me feel as bad as this fucking movie did. It's literally hell on Earth. I mean, if you could consider it Earth, there's like only one or two nuances that make you think it may be Earth. There's quite a few things that makes me think it's Earth. The car and the bike. The car, the bike, the buildings, the fact that it has actual like dinosaur fossils in it in the in the ground you know it just occurred to me what radio station was still broadcasting for the radio and the car to come back to life yeah that's what i that's what i was asking during the movie because uh he tried to turn he turned it on and well he tried to turn it off and it kept coming on and i was like what radio station is broadcasting right now yep just to make you feel like life is still worth living i guess here's uh tiptoe through the tulips for the 900th time today Somebody out there appreciates this. As they're getting slaughtered, probably. Yeah, but for certain it's not the assassin that's appreciating it. Should should we just do, like, a rundown of all the horrible shit that we saw go down in this? Uh, from memory, or do you want to, like, skim the movie? From memory. Oh, okay. We'll take turns. So I just mentioned the invisible man-looking dude trapping the fucking creature and then getting slaughtered by the thing with big teeth with the dull, sharp knife. The sharp, sharp dull knife. And that's, that's like, tame in this movie. Oh, yeah. Arguably more tame somehow, just because, like, you can tell, like, whatever it is, is there's a level of dissociation. But for the beginning, when you get to see into the like hotel complex looking thing and you just see silhouettes oh, and stuff. A hot dog, a hot dog in the bun. I was easily the most no. I'm <laughs> when he when he looks over a few windows and he sees this chick getting murdered. Uh-huh. Potentially murdered, stabbed. Yeah. And she sounds like she's enjoying it. Yeah. There's not really a level of dissociation other than the fact that they're silhouettes, but they look human. Right. So that I I would put that a little more disturbing than the thing getting dismembered, yeah, by a sharp dull knife. Personally, getting pleasurably stabbed with a sharp sharp knife. Yeah, stabified. Stabified, and the fact that that wasn't censored, but the sex was. The sex was censored. The dicks weren't censored. The cave troll getting a boner wasn't censored. The doll masturbating wasn't censored. I mean, I don't know what level of detail was actually present, right? but it's just a piece of plastic or polished wood Yeah, rubbing itself. I found it kind of funny. but I do too, but yeah. like, what level of censorship does a hunk of plastic need? Well, you know, with that logic, none of the movie needed censorship. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's all clay and shit. <laughs> Japan hates him. He has such lax censorship laws. <laughs> if it's plastic, what's the point? So yeah, that was going to be the other thing. He sneaks into that building where all that's going on, and there was the monkey strapped to the table, getting like tested on and shit, experimented on. And then there was that weird, realistic gecko-looking thing in the in the aquarium. Oh yeah. It just pans over, and there's a doll just looking at you while masturbating. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. Fair play. I mean, that sounds like a lot of parties that we've all been in during high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Sorry, another fabricated memory. Uh, <laughs> I guess the Christmas future really fucks up with you, man. Yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on. Who am I? <laughs> Who am I here? Who am I here? I haven't seen it, but I'm going to keep referencing it. <laughs> we can watch it. Oh, okay. Let's stop this. <laughs> Okay, uh, well, there was the scene where he goes into the hall of electrocutions where everything was getting, where these, like, giant dudes were sitting in electric chairs just constantly being electrocuted, and they're all, like, diarrhea shitting, and then he goes into an elevator and goes down, 
And as he's going down, it gets like very H.R. Geiger-esque in this area where it's all like biological forming with machine together sort of stuff. As he goes down into this next layer of hell and there's this giant gore monster just drinking up the funneled diarrhea from the guys getting electrocuted. Just guzzling that refuse. Just guzzling it down. <laughs> just fucking slurping. And it, it, it looks like its existence is just pain. The fact that uh, this giant creature is basically cre- that that's eating the shit is basically creating these uh, these hair men. These men made out of hair, it looked like. And then they all started like working, doing like f- factory work immediately after their creation. And there was that thing, I think it was like whipping them or something. It was like their overseer and it had the giant balls with like pussy scabs on the balls. Do you remember that? <laughs> if only you could see my look of disapproval. Cause no, I don't. Oh yeah, the the little the little worker dudes were like working in the factory and this thing it was like hunched over it it had a peen and <gasps> and it had it had nuts and they were like giant nuts for this thing and like one of them like tried to rip the scab off of its nuts and it got shat on by this thing like it just like explosive diarrhea out shit at this thing it's a hell of a defense mechanism <laughs> we need to put all of our research points into this. It was pretty fucking gross. And then, yeah, there was the hospital scene, there was the the spinal baby with the teeth and the crying, and there was the the guy on the monitors making the baby sounds. <laughs> and the Minotaur boys, or whatever the fuck you want to call them, the fighting and getting electrocuted and getting a stiffy because of it. The constant nukes going off and what was really kind of disturbing about that scene was the 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 nuclear shadows left behind on the walls of the people that got caught, that got caught in the blast basically did to them what a x-ray does to their body but like times a thousand straight up evaporated so there's there's a lot of fucked up shit in here and the uh, the chemist or the alchemist whatever you want to call them in the watchtower or the lighthouse i can't remember if it was a watchtower or a lighthouse he had those pets in the in the jar. It was like a, I think it was like a, a mom and a baby. It was all like bright and colorful in there. And I, I told you as soon as we saw like bright colors and like, ooh, look how like, it's full of wonderment and amazement. It's like a fairy tale. Like everything's all neon and shit. I was like, something fucked up's about to happen here. <laughs> yep. And uh, they were eating like the grub worms or the whatever yeah. those were. The mealworms. Mealworms, yeah, and they were like sucking them into their face butts, <laughs> their face buttholes, mouths, and then he he sicked a, a spider-like creature, and it got the baby, and then there was just two fleas playing poker, watching it all go down, and not having shit to do with it. <laughs> hey man, ain't my circus, ain't my monkeys, is what I always hear, and to quote a really good philosopher. Be a, be a flea, flea playing, playing poker, poker and sipping tea. That man was you. <laughs> I have my moments. <laughs> it just came to me. These chill ass <laughs> fleas were just sitting there. And they had like a, a fancy little tea set and some poker cards. They were just seeing that shit go down. That baby gets snatched up by that fucking creepy crawly dude. They were like, fucking shit, anyway, go fish. (laughs) I think uh, the cool kids say, uh, Uno. Uno. (laughs) Or, oh no. (laughs) Oh no, Uno? (laughs) You have more than one card left, you bitch. Only got five. What game are we playing? I don't know, I'm a flea. Okay. And this was shortly before the fucking universe got recreated or something. I said something earlier in the film when we were watching it. It was like, as a joke, I was like, what if it's aliens? Because it's always the possibility of something being aliens and it doesn't need to be. 
And then when the universe was getting recreated, see a UFO flying through the fucking galaxy. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's happening. Here we go. I like uh, when shit was like coming to a head and the music got real, like, real bassy and hard. Yeah. I wasn't like in that mindset. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> dude, Brandon's about to drop some fucking wisdom on me. He had an epiphany and he's going to share it with me. Nope, I was just and then you're like, the fuck out. <laughs> and I'm still sitting here like, what? And then just, Brandon tells uh, me, uh, this fuck. goes hard. This goes hard, dude. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I thought you had an epiphany about what the fuck we're looking at. Now I see it's just the music going off. Well, I was paying a lot of attention to the music in this movie because one of the things that I like about this film is sometimes it just becomes straight up a music video. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like the when when the the fucking plague nurse Nito takes the spinal baby and it like faces away from the camera and the the wind is like blowing its fucking the tendrils of cloth on it slowly and the music starts to kick like a guitar comes in just strumming and picking just ding 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 and it's like moving kind of in slow motion away from the camera and then it goes through this weird fucking thing where all these like giant wooden blocks are moving out of its way and forming a path as it goes cuts through it all this shit that just doesn't make sense <laughs> and it's like oh dude it's all just of it. straight up a fucking music video right now and music plays a really big role into this because it really sets the fucking horrific mood with kind of some beautiful music some weird music sometimes but like the jaw harp yeah <laughs> doing, 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 doing. Doing. but a, a, there's there's a few tracks on here that's just like really good music and uh the music- jaw harp moved me <laughs> tears not happy tears <laughs> yeah I was crying uh, it's like some indie folk stuff kind of going on with it. Early on in the film, I was I was thinking this this is this is really giving me kind of uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall, both the album and the and the and the film. This is like Phil Tippett's fucked up version of Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah, and, and I was like, dude, you could probably play that Pink Floyd album while watching this movie and it's one of those things where it probably fits in somewhere you know so yeah through through most of it i was saying like it it reminds me of visually nine inch nails music videos or like tool music videos late marilyn manson or mid marilyn manson puddle of mud that sort of thing but thematically I, i i get a lot of not just the wall but in general those like late 60s early 70s trippy animation as well oh yeah right after we watched the film you shared that one youtube video that does animation that's intentionally hearkening back to that era uh, who was that again cypress hill yeah. the animation was done by uh felix colgrave felix colgrave yeah his stuff is really intentionally reminiscent of that style of animation and that era that um mad god was giving me the feel of and uh also the similarities between this and an animation that we both love an animated film that we both love that was also a labor of love in somebody's project in the long time making thief and the cobbler yes some of it kind of feels like that era as well and it kind of has a similar story to it um as far as its creation not the film itself Richard Williams, the father of animation, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. His labor of love. Yeah. And it was a fucking turbulent labor. Absolutely. And I feel like Mad God is kind of like that. Except Mad God didn't get a C-section. True. <laughs> oh, I. there might have been some C-sections in Mad God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Spinal Babies yeah. represent... That, that was a hell of a C-section. Yeah, that was more like a Z-section. <laughs> that was an A-section. Yeah, I was going to say the whole-ass alphabet. 
<laughs> section. So there's a lot of symbolism in this film as well that we could oh, pick out pretty easily. Um, absolutely. And I think a lot of it. There was probably a lot more nuanced stuff that we didn't catch. There was some pretty broadly painted on symbolism of society and such. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In this film. Some uh, quote unquote Rage Against the Machine vibes. Yeah. Not the band, the concept. Like the the workers and how they were treated in the factory setting with the, the hairy guys being whipped by that giant testicled creature and also they were just steamrolled with an actual steamroller and nobody gave a shit. And their whole intent was, their whole purpose was to work themselves to death and then they become after death part of the process. Fuel. Yeah. Because uh, they would like kneel in front of this hole, get blasted with fire and fall in. Yeah. So. Which is fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of pretty obvious symbolism going on there. The general state of the world and the whole, like, bell diving from above to this hellish landscape. On the way down, you see a bunch of shit on the surface area where everything's all, like, terrible and stuff. And it only gets worse the digger you deep. <laughs> the, the digger you deep? Wow. Yeah, the deeper you dig, <laughs> the digger you deep. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, one of my notes says uh, huge undertones, no coherent dialogue to speak of. Yeah. I think that very aptly describes what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. Also brings up a point. We should have stated at the beginning that there's no dialogue. <laughs> Save for the text at the beginning. Yes. There is... Uh, I wouldn't call it dialogue as much as indistinct chatter there's clearly words there's some banjo kazooie stuff going on not quite because there's there's clearly words being said but yeah. it's so layered that you can't really make out any of it both layered and muffled in some some cases possibly distorted yet yeah. there's no way you're making out most of what's said you might get word like a word or two yeah but this, this is wholly a, a visual experience with the important audio experience probably being the music and sounds of the world and less worrying about coherent thought coherent thought or spoken word or anything like that um it's a fever dream <laughs> yeah what you said a few times well it is a fever dream yeah did it, i mention <laughs> when we were watching the movie, I said, it's, it's, this is a fucking fever dream. And it's so surreal. And, and what another thing I was saying while we were watching it, it feels like a, a nightmare that I would have had as a kid mixed with some like darker places my mind can go as an adult. And I think that yeah. is for most of us. More than likely. Yeah. It was a scratching an itch for me, this film was, of wanting to see something like an, a, a world in a, in a film or something, any media, fiction, whatever, a world that's just so incomparable to ours. Because I feel like a lot of movies and stuff these days, it all like puts too much stake into realism. And this one, it's just like, we're going fucking... Balls to the wall. Balls to the wall, buck wild surrealism. None of this makes sense to our minds at all. And you don't get that a lot these days. Because used to, movies weren't afraid to do that. You know, had like never-ending story and shit. Oh, God. Yeah. Betray you, bro. Or uh, Labyrinth with David Bowie. Oh, fuck. And David Bowie's crotch was very much a primary character in that movie. <laughs> I like the way that it grew throughout from the beginning to the end. Yeah. In new windows included. Yep. I, I really been wanting to see something like that again, and I didn't know that I've been wanting that until we started watching it. You wanted to see David Bowie's crash? Always. Who doesn't? Well, not anymore, but... Probably not. Probably not. With him being deceased and all. Uh, it's not a crash you want to see. No. <laughs> but, no, I mean, the whole surreal world that doesn't make sense it's complete fantasy even though this is a terrible fantasy that's a way to put it yeah <laughs> fantasy I didn't, I didn't know i wanted to see that as badly as i did 
until we start watching it. I'm like, oh wow, this is this is hitting. This is hitting. <laughs> so, question: Do you think, um, like, high fantasy? Do you think this would qualify as low fantasy? Uh, I think this would count as horror fantasy. We don't get a lot of those because there's dark fantasy, which would be closer to this than low fantasy. Because high fantasy is like there's 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 so many levels to fantasy, and it's it's kind of dumb, right? So there's like fantasy, high fantasy would be like Lord of the Rings. Yep. Uh, there's dark fantasy, which would be like Dark Souls, and then there's straight up horror fantasies, and we don't get that a lot, but like. Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth would be one of those, I think. This would be horror fantasy mixed with some dystopian post-apocalyptic themes as well. Well, I was making a joke, but now I'm curious. Is there actually a level that would be considered low fantasy? Like, what would that be? I've never heard of low fantasy. I want to Google it. Well, now we're... (laughs) What was an innocent little joke? Yeah, low fantasy versus high fantasy. What is this? Low fantasy or intrusion fantasy is a subgenre of fantasy fiction in which magical events intrude on an otherwise normal world. Oh, okay, so kind of like Harry Potter and like the muggle world. The term thus contrasts with high fantasy stories where the norm is fantasy. Okay, so low fantasy actually makes up a lot of stuff. So, so my joke makes no fucking sense. <laughs> But your joke was secretly something real, and neither one of us knew it. (laughs) (laughs) The joke was low fantasy in and of itself. It intruded. It intruded. Something otherwise normal. Yeah. (laughs) That's just me. (laughs) And I'll watch your life, man. I'm I'm intruding. (laughs) At my own birthday party, I'm intruding. I've intruded this party. It's for you. It is now. You didn't know it until I got here. <laughs> Your name's on the cake. Good save. Good save. Coincidence. <laughs> Where to go from here? It, it's hard with this movie, right? I bet you. Assassin was asking himself that a lot. Also, I do believe it was two assassins. Oh? Yeah. Because we... When we were first watching the movie and the assassin drops down in the diving bell, he lands in one place. And then that second assassin we see lands in another place and gets the motorbike. I thought that was a flashback of his memories. It's weird, right? Because in that flashback we get a lot of stuff that he wasn't there for as well. So I believe that was two assassins and the whole flashback thing kind of doesn't make sense. Well, at the same time, it it kind of had an A, B, C, and D plot, uh-huh. like all running at the same time, which is current, which I'm assuming current is like past, whatever. So first assassin goes down, A plot. Uh-huh. Assassin gets captured, B plot. He's getting surgery, surgerized, surgerized, and has a fucking <laughs> flashback, and we get. The second assassin, presumably, C plot, and then we get the fucking spinal baby. That's like D plot. But the spinal baby is a continuation of A plot. How do we know? Because they ripped that out of the assassin that got captured. But how do we know it's still A plot? How do we know that thing is still the assassin? Because the assassin's husk is still there. I don't. We don't know that. But. I, the, the fact that it came out of that assassin, I'm personally going to put that as a continuation of A plot. Well, I mean, sure, we'll 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 call it conjoined A and C. Okay. Right, because it's the end of A, the beginning of C. Because okay. either way, Spinal Baby dissolves into glitter. So A two plot. No, this would be the U two plot. Oh, a lot of this does look like Bono was involved somewhere. I mean, I I guess that's how I would view it. And then there's, like, other, like, hyphenated, like, A, B, and C plots with all the extra shit, like... I think the, we can pile those in with, like, world building. Yeah, what what the fuck nukes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there was the, the long fingernails guy making the maps, the fates, the seamstresses making the maps. Fuck, the fates did make an appearance, didn't they? 
Yeah, I mean, it seemed like they were the fates. They were making maps for the uh, assassins to follow, which the first assassin, his shit was just falling apart every time he pulled it out. And it looked an awful lot like skin. Yeah, I believe they were making it out of skin originally, but it looked like paper when he was pulling it out. Because it was uh, brittle. Yeah. Early on, when he pulled out the map, we were having a hard time figuring out the scale of his model, and for a little bit there, actually having a hard time figuring out if he was being played by an actor for some of those scenes, or if it was just another model, and just really good stop-motion work. Oh, yeah. The stop-motion animation was top-notch. Yes. Fucking top drawer. If we're having a hard time telling if something is live-action or stop-motion animation... It's doing pretty good. The only time that I saw that the stop motion animation was suffering at all was something you can't really avoid, and it was with like hairy characters. Oh yeah, because how their hair would jumble. The hair jumbles from you know you putting your hands on it and moving it and stuff. So that's that's unavoidable though. So we're about to close out. But is there anything you want to hit on before we uh, end our discussion about Mad God? Would you consider it a recommendable movie? I think it's a hard movie to recommend. I think you gotta know who you're fucking talking to before you recommend this movie, you know? I think... So it's like an inner circle kind of recommend. Yeah, I think a movie like this is a hard watch for some people. Because there's a lot of gross shit in this movie. There's also a lot of really depressing shit in this movie. A lot of just like, uh, wow, the way this world works just really sucks for everybody. And, uh, I think some people might have a hard time with that, but for people with our interests and for anyone that listens to this show, I I would probably recommend it to them. I think, uh, that this is probably... Yeah, in the top five, for me, movies that came out this year. So, By default, at this point, it is it has to be in my top five, because I haven't watched anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of movies. About to go see Nope. I will be probably putting that high up on the list, according to everyone who's watched it. So, Me too. Probably. But yeah, for people who have enough interest to watch this show, and similar interest to us watch the show and horror and stuff like that absolutely they'll fucking eat it up like that monster eating all the shit funnel to it <laughs> I, even for me there was some parts where I'm like god this gets fucking dire and it, it got under my skin a little bit and I, I did want to point that out uh, this is an animated film and this has this has more successfully got under my skin and I don't mean that in, a, in an extreme sense you know it's just kind of like some parts from I'm like Ugh. even though it's animated it successfully did that more than any live action movie that's come out in the past like 20 years other than like extremist movies like a Serbian film or some shit where I just I actually just didn't finish watching that one but I've never had a movie gross me out or like bother me to make me not want to finish it if I didn't finish a movie it's because it bored the fuck out of me yeah I know the only movie to truly, truly gross me out successfully was probably Jackass 2 when they drank the horse cum. Yeah, that's uh, that's a horror in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> well, final thoughts? Probably if you have a problem with drawing parallels between media that you consume and reality, maybe have someone you know watch the movie for you to make sure it's something that isn't going to put you in a spot that you wouldn't be able to recover from. Oh, you think it's that bad? If you're bad about drawing parallels, it would be very easy to get into a slump, I think. Okay. Okay. If you draw a lot of parallels, because there were a lot of them that I drew, and it wasn't just like, oh, that's a creative take. It's, that's real. That's how the world is. (laughs) Yeah, like, that is just pretty cold cut and dry parallel to how this shit works (laughs) and there weren't too many of them that hit like that but i know that of the ones that i collected some people would have a harder time saying that's not exactly true my final thoughts is uh it was a treat 
a gross treat, but a treat nonetheless to watch this movie. You and I, we have an appreciation for stuff like this uh, with animation, regardless of type of animation or medium. Good animation's good animation, and having someone, a legend like Phil Tippett, put all of that time into this movie, and it really shows. Uh, and it's succeeded, rightfully so, because of that um, on Shudder. It's, it's been doing very well. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to see that. I'm glad we got the opportunity to see this movie. I'm glad Phil Tippett actually stuck with it throughout all this time and finished this film. I, I would like to add, but I, I think even if Phil Tippett's name wasn't attached to it and all the achievements he's made, even if like no one took credit for it, I think it would still succeed. Oh, yeah. Just from level of detail... I think a, a movie like this, people wouldn't be able to pass up, especially the people at Shudder. They would see that no matter who made it, and they're like, oh, yeah, give, put, put that on, on, on here. Put that right here, buddy. <laughs> End it over. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta Inject get that. It straight into my eyeballs. <laughs> Which uh, feels like something they would do in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying I'm glad that somebody like Phil Tippett, as busy of a man as he is, stuck with that on his despite his busy schedule as far as like levels of detail the animation and just the overall feel with the audio and everything all combined it's a wonderful package it's a great watch just all together through and through it's weird and unsettling but it's a great watch how would you feel about its rewatch capabilities on a fresh level not quite zero but I wouldn't be able to watch it twice back to back yeah here in like a month or so i'd be able to watch it again yeah this is it's 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 one of those things where it's it's to be like truly appreciated like for your first time watching it's don't watch this movie if you're on anything <laughs> i fucking wouldn't yeah it, like i don't care if it's like weed or anything where if even if it's just weed like maybe don't <laughs> probably don't <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a recommend from the both of us, depending. <laughs> it's, it's a inner circle recommend. Yeah, recommend to select few if you can if you can handle a movie like this because it's it's a little rough for some people I would think. But uh, that's gonna be it from us. Love your face. Love that you listen. Thank you. Yeah, that's gonna be it from us, guys. Thank you for your patronage over at Patreon. We really do appreciate it. We're gonna use it to grow our endeavors as a horror entertainment entity. We're taking over the world. Yep, one so. ear at a time. Maybe two if we're lucky. <laughs> so until next time, deadheads. I'm Brandon, and I'm Tony, and we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>